What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm Jay. And this is take three, isn't it, Jason? It is take three. Yes, I have been really, really bad at trying to do this, but luckily it's always been the intro so far. Yep. So let's see if we can actually make it through this entire episode, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, yes, it's Topical Tuesday, James. We haven't done a topical for ages a topical, now. A topical, Jason. A it topical. is. It is indeed. We've we come all out of sync from our little sort of uh, schedule uh, during February and March, and uh, I, I've got all lost uh, as to when we're going to do these things. So, sod it. Let's do one today. We're doing a topical. We are doing a topical. Are we going to make and shout at his radio? Oh, I, do you know what? I'm really interested to see if we do, because this is an extension of the topic discussion that made our good friend Ant from the MTVB podcast shout at his radio in his car as he was disagreeing with uh, you. He actually. was. He's and, uh, still wrong. No, no, <laughs> I, I completely agreed that he is right because he was agreeing with me. And of course, we are talking about the previous topical discussion that we did on whether board games were toys. And uh, I can well see that we're going to have a part two for that. And I think I'm going to get me some backup. (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) But anyway, today is an extension of that. We hinted at it during that episode, which was obviously card games and whether they themselves can be deemed as board games. So right off the bat, James, where do you stand on this? Depends on the card game. I I mean, I guess that's true, because one thing we're going to have to really talk about, because it's not such a straight line decision for this one, is there are multiple types. So a nice little discussion to dive into each individual subgenre, if you like, of of card games and and make our decisions as to whether they are or, or are not board games. Yep. Should we start off with the dictionary definition of a card game? Indeed. Uh, Now, I would say before I read this out, we we just decided... I think unanimously in the last episode that the dictionary is kind of outdated and and wrong. And I think this one will also back that up because it is a very, very simple one line definition. And that is a card game is a game in which playing cards are used. Now, to me, playing cards are exactly what they say on the tin. They are poker cards, you know, that that sort of cards you play games like rummy with. Yeah, hearts, diamonds, spades, clubs. That's the ones. I I mean, I'm glad you did that because I wouldn't have remembered that. I remember the hearts and, and the and the spades, but uh, other than that, I couldn't remember any others. So yeah, I mean, straight off the bat, we're we're gonna we're gonna be uh, having an interesting conversation here because that yep. definition does not cover anything. Do you know what? I've already thought my argument through and immediately changed my mind <laughs> on what I said on the intro. It's like I, I've actually talked myself out of my own argument. Oh, so end of the end of the episode, then that's it. We'll call it there. I'm right, you're wrong. Let's go. Boom. <laughs> so for you, as it stands, you'd say it actually really does depend. And I think I'm actually with you on that yep. one. But the interesting one will be when we break it down, because I think we'll have some differences there. If I just outright asked you, what is a card game to you? This is what I mean by I think I've talked I've run through my argument in my head and immediately had to stop and think about it. I would say a card game, by my definition, is not a board game. Mm-hmm. And that is because a card game is a relatively simplistic game that utilizes only cards. And I will once we've gone through the other definitions of different types of card games and in inverted commas i will actually argue that those are not card games okay okay so that's interesting um for me card games are 
pretty much the same if they use solely cards. However, there are some that sort of really do stray the line where it's like, well, they don't use any other components, theoretically, but some games use tokens, some games have score pads, you know. To expand on mine, it's actually how complicated and how sprawling the game is. Like I said, when we go through the other definitions, I will start to argue that those more complicated games are actually board games that use cards as their primary element mm-hmm. yep. instead yep. of card games. Yeah. Well, let's start breaking things down. And uh, I, I've written a few uh, subgenres down uh, with a little bit of a example of, uh, as to what they would be. And then we'll have a discussion as to whether we think that they qualify to be board games or whether they are just card games. Mm-hmm. So first off is the Living Card Game. Now, Living Card Games is a trademarked thing by Fantasy Flight Games. And basically, LCGs come with a base set of cards in the box. And then, much like trading and collectible cards, you can buy expansions. However, in these, the expansions have exactly the same cards in every single one. So you know what you're getting when you purchase the expansion. Don't think you've actually played a Living Card Game. I don't think I have. But yeah that's it's solely cards nothing else just cards usually played on a board Mm -hmm. so yay or nay to being a board game i'm gonna go with yes just because it's on a board it's very difficult for me to comment not having played one but i'm with you on this one living card games uh they do fall in my bracket of they are a board game they usually played on a board while they do primarily use cards it could be deemed as a card game i guess but Mm -hmm. yeah I, I think for me they they fall nicely into the board game category. So mentioned them in the in the last one there, which was collectible and trading card games. So the likes of Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Digimon, Hugo, etc., etc. We all know how these work. You can buy starting decks which have set cards in them, mm-hmm. but then when you want to expand them and build new decks, you're buying booster packs where the cards in them are randomized and there's random chance as to what you're going to get what do we say about those because they usually are not played on a board however whenever we see them played usually it's by dedicated players so they've purchased themselves a nice gaming mat with the correct areas laid out yeah i mean i'm gonna say those are not board games because while you can buy the nice mats every every serious player i've seen has a mat but it doesn't seem integral to the actual gameplay Mm. to have the actual sections laid out. Most people who play those games could play it on a table, just on a generic mat. They don't have to have the specific areas on it. So no, I'm going to say because it's not integral to the game, it's not a board game, Mm. it's an option. Well, I mean, this is uh, probably the best time to bring this up, actually. Obviously, there was a big hoo-ha when the Pokemon company actually announced that they were releasing a board game. Mm. Uh, last year or the year before and it actually just transpired it was a training game to get people into the the trading card game now it was exactly the same it just came with a board yep and a very nice board at that but they were marketing it as a board game yep now with what you've just said you cannot class it as a board game however they deemed that that it could be just because it had a board because they sold it with a dedicated board but i'm not going to say that classifies it as a board game because you could throw that board away and still happily play the game yeah i mean most of the start sets come with a fold out paper board 
that you could play on as well. So you could argue that it does technically come with a board, but yeah, but it's not integral to the game. And the other thing, and yeah, we're using Pokemon as an example here, but Magic the Gathering, Digimon, Hugo, they're all the same. They all have presence on the table. Yep. So they do have a set place that cards need to be on the table. Now, that is very reminiscent of a board game. Mm. You know, everything has its place. So there is argument here to to be had that it is a board game, but for me, it's, it's not. It's a card game. It's still simple enough that once you learn where those places are, you could, like I said, you could chuck the board away mm-hmm. and happily play the game. I think I would agree. So at the moment, that that one for me, I, I have to stick it in the in the grey area. Um, I can't say that it is a board game, but. I would say I, it, it leans far more towards the card game. I'm going towards it's still a card game and I'm not classing it as a board game. Okay. Deck builders. Deck builders. Marvel Legendary is the one that we're most experienced with because of my yep. collection that I have. And it's a good one to go on to because it allows me to expand my explanation. Exactly. So I will let you have the floor. Yep. So, so t- tell us what you think about why, deck builders. Why do I class? See, I, I'm going to sort of say as well, it's like, I think it's even a little bit more complicated than just breaking it down into individual subcategories because not every deck builder is going to be a board game. This is true. I'm singling this one out because I do class it as a board game because there is so much going on with it. Now, you have a lovely mat to play it on. Mm -hmm. And I suppose you could play it without the mat if you have a very, very good memory because there's a lot going on in that game. All I would say is... If you took away that map with all of the places laid out, would you, do you think you would be able to play that game? I mean, ultimately, probably not, no. Um, and it could be argued that obviously it comes with a board, so it is meant to be played on the board. I have obviously upgraded mine. I have a very nice neoprene yeah, map that map. I play on. But, you know, the board itself is very good. But again, would I be able to set it out? I probably would with the assistance of the rule book, but from memory, no. No, I yeah. wouldn't. And that's why I class it as a board game. Yeah. Because the board, I would say, is integral to gameplay. Yeah. So I know you haven't played the Granddaddy, which is Dominion. Uh, it's, again, very similar setup. You have played some of the DC deck builders, which, again, they don't come with a board, but they have a set layout. Mm. How would you feel about one of those that d- doesn't come with an integral board, but does have a set layout? Well... I would say unless the game designer has made a huge error, if they haven't provided a board, it must be simple enough for you to be able to play it once and then go, all right, I know where all the pieces go. Yeah. Even it can have a set layout. To flip the other side, we'll take a game like uh, Skyjo, which we're familiar with. Now that mm-hmm. has a layout. It only uses cards, but it is a simple four by three grid. Or three by four grid, however you want to do it. Yeah, that's a card game. So to to expand on that, because that sort of segues us not nicely into the into the next section, uh, is card and dice games. Yep. Now, obviously, I, it sounds stupid that I'm putting dice games into this, but you know, hear me out because they they do sort of fall in that same category. Hmm. Sky Joe is a good example. Yes, the game is primarily played with uh with cards. Hmm. However, it's not the only thing that comes in that game. Hmm. You know, it requires a score pad. Yep. And as soon as you could just, oh, it's just a score pad, but it's integral to the it, game. It is integral, but it's a score pad. <laughs> I mean, I can't really argue much on, on yeah, that. It, it is, is just a score it's pad. It's purely but... for keeping track of the score. It's it's not a, a board to help you lay out things, but you've just said, all right, let's, let, let's move on to card and dice because you've just mentioned that one and mm-hmm. one we used to play a lot. Star Wars Destiny, card and dice game, didn't require a board. Just, you know, a player mat was, a neoprene player mat was nice, but it never had anything on it. 
but it was nice and simple. Draw deck, play area, discard pile. Mm -hmm. Yep. All that required the layout and played. You push things forward to be active, pull it back to be deactivated. Like you said, one pass of the rule book and you've got the layout doesn't require a board so it's not a board game very very true i would agree with that however we're sort of arguing around the fact that cards should be the key mechanic in how the game works whereas in star wars destiny the actual mechanics of that game were all done by the dice not the cards not all cards had dice actions and they were traditional play this card true true but like any sort of actual things that happen like damage and stuff like that that were going to affect other players they were done by dice so i am with you on this one that one to me is a card game it's even in the name it's a collectible card game yep you know the fact that it came with dice didn't really make much of a difference no i mean you still had what was it a 30 deck i think it was 30 yeah Yeah. so i mean and out of that 36 or seven of the cards had the dice mechanic to it so the cards were still the primary element yeah other things you know you're saying that you think you feel that every game should be just cards uh, in order to be deemed as a card game what about games like the crew quest for planet nine where there are tokens that are integral to the game as well Mm. obviously for those that don't know how that game is played you're not allowed to talk to each other and communication is actually done by moving a token Mm. As to say, I mean, this is the highest card, this is my lowest card, this is the only card. They're still card games because the card... I wouldn't so much say that a card game has to be only cards. It has to be the primary mm-hmm. element. Okay. Uh, and I feel that the argument we're having here is, is it a card game or a board game that primarily uses cards? Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's really stick the, uh, the fox among, uh, among the hens here. Let's talk about Bandido. Now... Bandido is a game that is using only cards bar the one central one, which is it's just a bit of punch board. Mm. But the cards themselves are making the board. So where do we stand on this one, James? The, the cards may be making the board, but it is, it is a draw and place card mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I would agree with you on that one. It is a... While while I deem it as one of the best modern board games there is, it's it's a card game. It's it's, it's a card game. You know, it it is a card game. Uh, Much like things like the mind and stuff like that, they all sit in my mind as yeah, they are board games. They're modern board games, but they're not. They're actually card games. They're card games. This is where we we have to discuss that. You know, the the dictionary is so so outdated. Yeah. You know. We can't actually deem these things as board games, card games, blah, blah, blah. They are subgenres now of tabletop games. Yeah. RPGs, you know, they could be deemed as board games. You're playing on a big board. War games, if you really, really wanted to argue it, you're playing on a big board. Yep. You know, it, it, just because it's not got hexes or anything like that on it, it doesn't mean that it that it's not, uh, not just a big board. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, you talk about war games, they're played on game boards they are board ga- they're offshoots of board games mm. so yes uh i mean I, before coming on here today and, and before james actually got here i had a little look on the spiritual home for all of us board gamers the board game geek and it's actually quite surprising how regularly you'll see discussions about games with nothing but cards on a website that is designed to be for board games now just last night, James, we were playing a game at the comic shop, mm-hmm. which was, of course, the very popular and a game that we really like here, Marvel United. Mm-hmm. And I know we had a little bit of a discussion about this before I pressed the record button, 
and I'm going to relive it now because this is an interesting one. Call me or not, mate, this game. Now, yes, this game comes with miniatures. However, it is unanimously decided that the game doesn't need them. They are literally placeholders. You could have a token in, in their place or, or another card if we really wanted to. But the majority of that game is done with cards, standard size card stock. And it doesn't come with a board. So using the arguments that we've just had, how do we deem this as a board game? Because call me or not are wrong. And that board <laughs> is integral to that game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you don't know what Marvel United is, I just urge you to go and look at pictures of it online. It's huge. And yep. there's so much that needs to be set out in certain ways. I couldn't set that game up without, board. without yeah, the, a I, I'm going to say this as a huge fan of that game. What were you thinking, Call Me or Not? that game and not supplying it with a board and having it as an optional extra no that board is integral yes yeah I, th I think we agree on that one but it doesn't detract from the fact that it is a game solely played with cards so is there an argument there to be had that that is technically a card game or is this where we have to admit defeat and say we can't really justify it one way or the other <sighs> i don't it's really difficult because it's just sort of like is it's a schizophrenic game that doesn't know what it wants to be <laughs> that's actually a really good way of putting it i've not thought of it that way <laughs> but yeah I, th I think yeah when it comes to marvel united that the, the board is it's essentially it's an essential purchase yeah. i i would say if we are following their convoluted way of doing things once you introduce that board it's a board game and it should have been in the box <laughs> As with the last time we had a discussion like this, all of this is in jest. It makes no difference to us whether they're card games, board games, or or anything. An argument could even be had here to say that all card games are indeed board games because the second you place any kind of card down on the tabletop, that tabletop then becomes the board. Especially for, you know, and I'm thinking of, again, the TCGs where they have a set layout that have to be on the table. Yep. That is technically being placed onto a board. It's just a very big board that doesn't have artwork on it or anything like that. It just happens to be a tabletop. Yeah, I, I've I think just to sum up the argument that I've been trying to make is that the board in most board games is either a a play area mm -hmm. uh, to denote limits, basically yeah. game area that you're playing in, or it is to help organize what you're doing. Yeah. So if the game is simple enough that you don't require the board to organize it, it's a card game. Mm -hmm. The minute the board becomes integral to keeping track of what the hell's going on, it's a board game. Yeah, I think that's fair. Fair comment that you have there, James. To be completely honest, like I said, they're breaking down those those sub genres. You know, things like deck builders and that, and, and especially living card games. For me, they really do scream board game because they the, the mechanics that they use are very very modern board game esque. Whereas something like a trading card game has always had its own thing you know they don't really share any kind of play similarities with other games other than other tcgs or or, or ccgs card and dice games that we talked about earlier the, the one that sticks in our mind because it's one we played for many years was star wars destiny again it's yeah. just a tcg with a different name most of the cheapest air quotes board games that you can buy tend to be the little health tick ones and 
Because of their size, they tend to be cards. And because of their cost, it's so much cheaper to provide just standard playing cards. And just because it doesn't have aces, clubs, spades, Mm. and hearts on them, it doesn't mean it's not a card game. The truth of the matter is, card games are their own thing. Mm -hmm. Board games are their own thing. However, they all share that lovely thing of being tabletop played. Analog gaming so does it really matter james whether we deem them as board games or card games i don't think it does i could open up a real can of worms here even with the traditional as you said spades things Mm -hmm. so um well yes you can play poker rummy blackjack as a card game what do you play in casinos what do you put them on Mm -hmm. a table does that mean it becomes a board game exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly because you know they have the nice marked out areas for all the cards to go in yeah and places to put your chips does that mean that las vegas is just one big board game club i mean it sounds like heaven doesn't it no because it sounds like i'd lose a lot of money but well it sounds like a local gaming store doesn't it but not so friendly our local uh friendly gaming store doesn't like break our legs if we can't pay (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean yeah does that mean that vegas is just of board games <laughs> well i mean we actually have some listeners from las vegas so i'd be interested to hear <laughs> do you class your own uh, i suppose las vegas is a city actually is it do you class your own city as the biggest friendly local gaming store in the world because it's say it shares some similarities yeah we i think we may well have hit upon a, a, a phenomenon there james <laughs> what you walk in there happy and you walk out crying because you've spent all your money but you come away with good memories and lots of card. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, you don't even get to keep the card stock. <laughs> it's a board game cafe. That's what it is. You get to go in, pay your money, play the games, and you get to walk away with nothing. Ah, and on that delightful note, should we hand over to Paul? <laughs> I think we should, James, yeah, because God knows what rabbit hole this is going to go down. Paul, over to you to tell us what I'm spending my money on this week. Brian, what you doing? Oh, nothing then. Oh, good. Can I have a word? No, no, no. You've not done anything wrong. Well, you might have. Have you been ordering games without telling me again? No, honestly, you can tell me if you have. You won't be in that much trouble. You see, this game's just turned up. Erun by Arcada Studios. I know, it does look good. You should see some of the miniatures. And there's a voice-controlled app you can download too. Anyway, enough of that. It's arrived, and I have, firstly, no recollection of ever ordering it. Well, secondly, I've been through my emails, and I've got no digital footprint of ever ordering it either. And lastly, even my Kickstarter account has no damn recollection of it either. I know, but it's a pretty expensive game too. No, I'm not telling you how much. It's just expensive, okay? I don't know if we've been sent it by a Mid-Sussex Meeple or a fan of the show. Oi, yes, we do have fans, thank you very much. Or if it's just a very nice, sort of, very non-returnable mistake. I mean, it's the second game in two years that's landed with me. and I've no idea where it's come from. Okay, right, I've got this week's news to read out, if you can go and have a look through your records for me. But but, but, but before you do, can you push the button please? Thank you. 
Sinister Fish recently announced the newest instalment in its oblong boxed games, and in this case, the new game is called Moon. Designed by Hakan Garda, the same designer of both Villagers and indeed Streets. Moon is a card based game reminiscent of Villagers, but this time on the moon. They've gone all lunar. This time, players will be making the most of their cards to build up space bases along two different upgrade paths. Moon uses a pick and pass mechanic to send moon delivery trucks around the various space bases at the table. Players aim to build up their bases to get the most points. There's also some wooden space truck meeples. These can be used to activate the various cards around the table, even those at other players' bases. The game was recently playable at Aircon and will be present at UKG this year before heading to Kickstarter for crowdfunding during the event. Sinister Fish also shoehorned in another announcement in the form of its future retail releases, going against its usual Kickstarter drives in the form of Great Scott's second print designed by Dave Clark, together with Goose on the Loose, a family game with hobby game mechanisms. Goose on the Loose is an interesting family entry from the usually hobby-focused publisher. This game includes a number of punch-out geese, which require various different resources, and uses an unusual layering mechanism, i.e. you just pour them all out onto the table. A Star Wars villainous board game is on the way this August, and it features characters from every era, including newer shows like The Mandalorian, another spin-off of Ravensburger's original Disney villainous franchise, Star Wars Villainous allows fans to play as Darth Vader, Kylo Ren, Asajj Ventress, Moff Gideon, or General Grievous. Each one has a unique sculptural token with flecks of a different colour injected into the mould to provide a suitably battle-worn look. However, it's not simply a reskin of the old system. Much like Marvel Villainous, Star Wars Villainous introduces new mechanics including vehicles and ambition. While ships such as the Millennium Falcon allow rivals to save heroes from defeat and hold them in reserve for later, the Ravensburger press release notes that Ambition offers abilities based on the villain's use of the Force, strategic leadership, or just sheer luck. However, as with a Marvel spin-off, these Star Wars characters will not be usable with other villainous games, or indeed the Disney villainous expansions. Most villains' objectives were unclear from the announcement, but Darth Vader's goal has been revealed ahead of launch. His is to defeat Luke Skywalker. His search will take place across a board featuring Mustafar, the Death Star, Cloud City, and the Emperor's Throne Room. As always, this take on Villainous has its own painterly art style that renders iconic scenes by hand rather than simply offering screenshots. The traditional villainous icons have also been given a Star Wars inspired refresh. And Star Wars Villainous is heading for our FLGSs in August 2022. A group of designers who previously worked on board games including Pandemic, Star Wars Imperial Assault and Love Letter have formed a new studio and revealed their debut release. Moon Crab Games is made up of former Fantasy Flight Games and Z-Man Games staff, who founded the indie studio after leaving the latter. The veteran team includes lead designer Justin Kaperpainen, developer Todd Mitchlish, and creative director Sam Shimota, who collectively have credits on games including Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, last year's World of Warcraft spin-off, 
Wrath of the Lich King, app-powered dungeon crawler Descent Legends of the Dark, and Star Wars board games Imperial Assault and indeed Rebellion. The studio's first game will be Leviathan Wilds, a co-op board game that, that draws inspiration from acclaimed monster-climbing video game Shadow of the Colossus. The upcoming board game takes place in a fantasy world inhabited by towering creatures known as Leviathans, which have been driven into a destructive frenzy. It's up to two to four players to ascend the creatures' bodies and remove a series of binding crystals to heal the ailing Leviathans. Each creature is depicted across the spread of a spiral-bound storybook that makes up the game's board. The book also formed the basis of a connected campaign mode built around the game's story, with each of 20 included scenarios estimated to last around 45 minutes. Tougher difficulty levels will also be available for added replayability. Players' characters can move around a square grid overlaid on the creature's body by spending action points, the number determined by a card played at the start of their turn, and their remaining hand of ability cards to reach the crystals and reduce them to zero. Victory is achieved by reducing all crystals, which will vary in strength, to zero. Each character's deck is unique, allowing them to climb, jump and glide around the board in different ways. The number of cards left in the slim deck represents their grip on the Leviathan's body. So if your deck runs out, the player loses grip and begins to fall down the board until they're able to reach a rest space, which resets their deck. The Leviathan has its own deck of cards, which trigger various effects at the beginning of a player's turn. From targeted attacks that reduce health, to effects that move players between spaces or indeed loosen their grip, the Leviathan gradually gains rage, which intensifies the effect of its event cards. Leviathan Wilds is expected to launch a crowdfunding campaign in Q3 2022, ahead of a retail release date next year. Ahead of the campaign, Mooncrab has released a free tabletop simulator demo that includes two different Leviathan scenarios and four starting characters alongside non-final artwork and story. The demo of Leviathan will be regularly updated in the lead-up to the campaign's launch. And we're off to crowdfunding now. All three of these are over on Kickstarter right now. And first up is The Last Gig by Dom Factory. It's for two to four players. It's going to take you 45 to 120 minutes to play. Aimed at 10 years and over, ends on Tuesday, 5th of April. It's a heartfelt cardboard tribute to the very punk life on the road, created by Dario, Dr. Pepper Maggio, and developed by Dom Factory. The Last Gig is a modern board game with the 80s flavour that simulates the band life on the road. Unforgettable concerts and poor food, merch to sell after each live gig, and records to be recorded in the studio, but mostly many, many, many kilometres to travel with your partners. On your turn, you'll roll the dice, stop in the tour spaces, play in awesome venues, do live sessions to get or indeed lose tour points, spin the rock wheel to or buy new merch cards that you can sell at your next live session. The Last Gig is a game designed by rock lovers for rock lovers. Each card is inspired by the highs and lows of life on tour of every ragtag band trying to enjoy its time on tour. The Last Gig is easy to learn and it's perfect for a chill evening with your friends and indeed your kids because in Last Gig you'll feel the vibes you had when times were easier. Rolling dice, spinning plastic wheels with your childhood pals. 
There's only one way to beat your opponents, and that's getting your ass on stage. Rocking out like your life depended on it in the last gig. You can pledge at £38 or €45 Euros for the roadie pledge, which will get you the game and all unlocked social goals. Get yourself on the box as part of the crowd with a pledge of £67 or €80 Euros for the supporter pledge, along with a copy of the game and unlocked social goals. And lastly, the gig pledge will get you the game and your very own personal venue added as a playable card to every copy of the last gig, together with indeed 500 copies of that card as promotional material for your own venue. That pledge will set you back £126 or €150. Euros. Secondly is Fatty Tuna by Bryson Schmidt. It's for two to five players. It's going to take you 30 minutes to two hours. It's for 10 years and over and ends on Thursday 7th. April. In Fatty Tuna, players race to expand their sushi empires, gather ingredients and trade with other players in order to be the first to complete their menu. Many of the game mechanics, collecting resources from hex tiles, trading cards with other players or rolling to determine your move, will feel familiar to board game lovers everywhere, making the game easy to pick up. However, there are plenty of variables and event cards that can make the game infinitely more layered and indeed strategic. Up to five people can play Fatty Tuna, and it can take anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours, depending on the menu you choose to play with and, of course, the number of players. Pledge at £30 or $39 on the last of the early bird, or should I say early tuna pledges, for the game a download of the extremely catchy Fatty Tune theme song, and a thank you letter. Once those are gone, the price will increase to £38 or $49. And lastly is Route East by Lost Venture Games. It's for 2-5 to five players, takes 60-90 to 90 minutes to complete, 14 years and over, and ends on Thursday, April the 7th. Race from Istanbul to Shanghai in an incredibly fun board game filled with tense gaming frustration, strategy and co-player vendettas. Based on a trip of a lifetime, Route East takes players across mountains, valleys and stunning wonders of the less explored areas of the world while testing their planning and cunning skills. At the start of each turn you pick an ignition card and then you play your three moves. How you play them is up to you. You might decide to move on the board, pick or play an action card that will give you various advantages throughout the game. You might also have to roll the dice to move depending on the circumstances. Plan your route through must-see attractions along the way and develop a strategy based on budget, fuel, cunning and pure foul play. First one to Shanghai, that's it, you've got it, wins. But it won't be easy. You'll definitely not have enough money, that's guaranteed. Your teammates will steal from you bribe their way through borders and damage your car so badly you'll be stuck for days without moves. You'll need an equal mix of skill, planning and bloody savviness to get to Shanghai first and win your route east. Pledge at £32 for the Traveller Pledge, which gets you the core game, unlock stretch goals and access to print and play files. The Adventurer Pledge at 42 adds a photo book along with a game, stretch goals and PNP files. You can add the expansion Gone Rogue to your pledge for just £15, which brings in some extra foul play to disadvantage your opponents. 
And just before we leave crowdfunding, there's also a quick reminder that Library Labyrinth from our friends over at Descent Games and indeed our friends at Mayfly Games have the family up on Kickstarter at the moment if you haven't had a chance to check them out too. And we're over to events and game days to make note of. Abby is back on Saturday 19th of March with Surrey Board Gaming Group's Day. This will be Abby's last event for a while as her Ickle Meeple is due at some point in April. So if we can get as many as possible to head up to Red Hill for this, that would be great. Location is the 7th Rygate Scout Group Hut, Timperley Gardens, Red Hill, RH12AR. The event is from 10.30 through to 5.30pm and just £5 per head inclusive of tea, coffee, etc. The weekend is certainly looking busy as Christina and Haywards Heath Gaming Association return onto the fold on Sunday the 20th of March at the U's 55 Boltro Road, Haywards Heath, RH161BJ. Christina isn't charging for this event but welcomes any donations from those willing. Tea, coffees and biscuits will be provided and the event will run from 11am through to 7pm. Tuesdays is Worthing Board Gamers' first night of the week down at the new Dice Worthing store. From 7pm until 10pm, just £3 cover charge with what I hear is a fantastic menu. The location of the store is 24 to 26 Portland Road, Worthing BN111QN. And if you remember the old Ransack store, it's right there. Wednesdays has Crawley Gaming Community being hosted at the comic shop. 42 High Street Crawley, RH10, 1BW. Tending to gather from 6ish onwards until close. And for Crawley Gaming Community members, it's £3 per evening. With plenty of snacks, drinks, milkshakes, sweeties and pizza. Thursday sees three groups running in the form of Worthing Board Gamers' second night of the week. Down at the Ardington Hotel, Steam Gardens Worthing, BN11, 3DZ from 7pm. Davis hosting Lewis Board Game Club at the Trinity Gaming Cafe, Arbinger Place, Lewis, BN7, 2QA, from 7 through to 11. Also, Jake and Chris would like to welcome you to Dyson Drinks, 79 to 81 Church Walk, Burgess Hill, RH159BQ, for their Thursday evening social, with entry there at £5. And Crawley Gaming Club are always here for you on Mondays, They'll be up and running from 6pm over at Tilgate Community Centre, Shackleton Road, Crawley, RH10, 5DF. Just £3 per person over there with a tuck shop on site. So any luck there, Brian? Nope, still none the wiser. Well, it's another baffling one. Oh well, fancy a game of Erun, Brian? Bagsy me the dwarf. Sorry, Guardian. Barbarian, huh? Well, we all know that's purely for beginners, don't we? Just for the uh, peasantry. I know that's for hero quests, but they do look mightily similar. Right, say goodbye to everyone before you go and set up. And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week. Thank you very much for that, Paul, and thank you guys for joining us once again for one of our rambling topical discussions. This time we were discussing whether card games are indeed board games and why none of it really matters. Mm. We successfully managed to do another topical discussion where we made 
pretty much no logical sense. Yay. <laughs> no different to any other episode, is it, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we did definitely hit upon an awesome point at the end there, though, about how good... Lo- I never had any intention of going to Las Vegas, yet now... While Paul was doing his news, I spent all the time looking at flights. <laughs> you don't have enough money to go to Las Vegas. I don't have enough money to go to Las Vegas. I, I, I don't even have enough money to get there, let alone actually be there. So, <laughs> Dude, you live five minutes away from Gatwick Airport. I doubt you could even afford to go there at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. Very true indeed. But yeah, have you got any closing comments you want to make about card games and why card gamers should be playing board games instead? Oh, I'm going to get hate for that, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no jason no no i do not <laughs> that's all right i'll deflate i'll take all that heat so come at me card gamers <laughs> it's time to go and play some games let's play some games awesome stuff till next week guys my name has been jason and i've been james you've been listening to the meeple minded podcast join us next week for more tabletop gaming goodness ta-ta goodbye